Hey guys, Alex here. I don't have a whole lot to intro before we get to this episode, but we are coming close to the end of this season and we're wanting some recommendations for our next season. So if you have anything you'd like us to talk about, we're looking for some cool movies. I personally think it'd be fun to just do a series that is just awful movies, but that's my personal opinion. If you have any movie recommendations, any season ideas, please send them our way at plainsight underscore pod on the socials or at plainsightpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And honestly, I don't really have that much other than we do a lot of goofs. Um, and instead of giving you your normal intro, I want to give you guys just a little heads up and just give you a peek behind the curtain of the ridiculousness that ensues every time we hit the record button before we do these podcasts. So uh, enjoy what you're about to hear. Here you go. Boom. Boom, boys. That's what this show is going to be called. When we do a spinoff show, it's just going to be called The Boink Boys. When we do a non-Jesus show, it's going to be The Boink Boys. Next time we release a Silly Zone exclusive, we call it The Boink Boys. What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Plain Sight Podcast. My name is Alex. I'm here with my good old buddies, my good old pals, as always. Cam Jordan. Cam, what up? I pity the fool who don't listen to the Plain Sight Podcast. Same, so do I. Uh, Zachary Kuyat. Zach, how are you? <laughs> hey, you, you know I love it when a plan comes together. I'm just happy we're talking about... Um, we're talking about the, the show, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Does anybody have a Mr. T impression? I don't. I was just Cam's was perfect. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> I think Cam's was good. Okay. <laughs> Actually, um, we're we're talking about I didn't I didn't make the A team. We're talking about like the the JV or like freshman year team, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically. Sure. Yeah, see, yeah, look, yeah, yeah. I, uh, see, middle school, I would have made the A team of football, but then I got injured four times and missed all but one game, and ended up playing on the B team because I uh, sprained my ankle, then broke my wrist. Then got a concussion, then sprained my ankle again. Same ankle? <laughs> yeah, it was a toughie. <laughs> you want know how I broke my wrist? How? Yeah, I really do. I was getting some water, and someone <laughs> ran into me. On the <laughs> <laughs> That's my kind of injury right there. <laughs> and I fell and hit the ground. It broke my wrist. It's almost like when your brother broke your ankles. Okay, first off, <laughs> no, he didn't. I almost called you a very mean name on, on the podcast. You almost, Cam almost just got the E put on this one. Yeah, That's he, all I'm going for. almost actually got the explicit label on this podcast. First off, no, he didn't. Second off, you're telling no. me no, he didn't. He didn't break my ankles. He pushed me in the back, and I ended up breaking my own. <laughs> nah, he crossed he you. We all know it. He didn't. He literally pushed me in the back. You were there. I wasn't there. I had my own broken foot at the time. <laughs> Actually, you did have a broken foot at the time. We were both on crutches in the moment. Okay, so guys, today we're going to be talking about Mr. T and our good friend Ed Sheeran. <laughs> at the same time. Mr. T Sheeran. Imagine that podcast. Actually, that's, let's that's just take a, a terrifying concept for a podcast co-hosted by Mr. T and Ed Sheeran. It's hey. ju okay, just a show that's just the two of them, but just they the two just of them. they talk about Talking like about they rank and pizza music. places or something like that's what they oh, do. Oh my gosh! What yeah, if we do like a like a Mr. T Pain, like a <laughs> like? Hear me Mr. out. Mr. <laughs> T Pain is interesting. Okay. It's it's Mr. T, but just rapping. Buy you a drink. Interesting. Or it's T Pain rapping Mr. T's lines to what the A-Team. What's T Pain singing "I Pity the Fool"? It's a over it's and a over again solo podcast that's just uh, Mr. T, but the whole thing is auto tuned. Yeah, 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 I yeah. Like yeah. It. That's it, Mr. <laughs> T Pain. Mr. T Pain. Um, we're talking about Ed Sheeran today, the yeah. one, the only. Uh, Probably one of the biggest, um, some of the best representation that uh, us fellow gingers have <laughs> on this planet right now. We got Ed Sheeran. Uh, Sean White's kind of fallen off. <laughs> that um, was that was such a big deal in like 2008, though. You know, bro, Sean White. He he's a snowboarder and a skateboarder. That man could have had wheels, or if he didn't, screw it. He was still gonna win gold medals. Mm -hmm. Both Take his seasons of he's X Games, he was winning. That is ridiculous. Yep. Also, they called him the Flying Tomato. So, like, you got that going <laughs> awesome. for you. They called me Apple a lot. 
because I'm big and red. I'm so glad you explained that it was because of Look, big and red. Look, this is an audio medium. I'm hoping eventually that the people listening to this aren't going to know who we are. <laughs> that's a, that's uh, fair. That's fair. Yeah. So I want them to be imagine in their heads a ginger who is big and red. <laughs> that's me. You, you are. Podcast, you're gonna think it's hosted by an apple. Who's the and also if the you tomato tongue, from Vegetables? An apple too, if you know what I'm saying. Speaking of explicit text. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Uh, he's awesome. He's great. He's I, super cool. And I think he's evolved in a way where at the start he was special. He was rapping. He was doing <laughs> loops. He was singing he was doing all this other weird crazy stuff while also writing songs like lego house and a team and all these beautiful things he's as diverse as it gets like Mm -hmm. he's a white singer songwriter and still an extremely diverse artist which you don't get a lot of yeah no that's, that's very true he was in a game of thrones and i still remember when i'm watching it and i hear like you don't see him at first, but you hear him singing. And so it's somebody who's like walking through the, like the forest on their horse. And I remember hearing him singing and I didn't recognize it was him at first. I was like, holy cow, this dude is good. Like whoever they got like to voice this actor is like a really good singer. And then they show it as freaking Ed Sheeran. I was like, oh, well, that's a really weird role for him to be. Uh-huh. I, I have some, uh, I have some really... Uh, strong opinions about Ed Sheeran's appearance on Game of Thrones that we'll talk about in the Silly Zone. Um, oh, I can't wait. Let's go. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> Here's a little bit of Plain Sight podcast uh, recap for you guys, a little pop quiz to see if you remember your own podcast. I don't. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I first heard Ed Sheeran because I heard Boyce Avenue cover one of their songs. Who was the other person that I've mentioned on this podcast that I was introduced to because of a Boyce Avenue cover? Oh, I do remember you talking about this. Yeah. Which episode was that? Was that... It wasn't Ben Rector. Nope. No. Can't no, ben, ben Rector was like a like a Matt Marr, like it yeah. Pandora Matt, station. It was, um, yeah... It was special. That's what Ben Rector was. Matt Carney. It was Matt Carney Pandora Station. That's right. That's right. That's Matt right. Carney. That checks out. Kim, do you have any guesses? Night ships in the night. Uh, it's not Taylor Swift. Uh, um, <laughs> that would be wild. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It wasn't one of the Direction boys. It was One Direction. Was it? It was One Direction. Yeah. It was What Makes You Beautiful. Yes, it was. Oh, yes, it was. I was racking my brain going back through episodes that we've done and just yeah. th- trying not to just name everything. Well, we've done two that involved One Direction, so we've yeah. clearly we dug ourselves sooner. Clearly have been our two best episodes. I don't know what is wrong with those two. We need to pivot to just being a One Direction podcast. We're a One Direction and Jesus podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we are. But there's... I was so obsessed with Boys Avenue, I would listen to their covers and then go listen to the artist and he was like oh here's this new guy his name's ed sheeran he has this awesome song called the a-team and boyce avenue covered it and it was beautiful but ed sheeran is a little more beautiful if we're gonna be honest yeah a little bit (laughs) and so there's this thing when you see him i haven't seen him live but like when you watch him live on like you know youtube clips as us people that love music do um the stuff he does with the loop pedal and just himself with that tiny little Martin guitar, mm-hmm. it's went beyond cool and it's almost iconic at this point, I think. Yeah, 100%. Like, yeah, he he's, <clears throat> he's dug out like a spot for himself that nobody else can really fill the way he can. No, because he can be as mainstream as it gets, as popular as it gets, and do that. But most people who do that are not in that same. He could fill arenas mm-hmm. by himself. Like, people say that people fill arenas by themselves. He literally does not have a band, and he's filling arenas. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think one thing that's so... you got to be one attractive, attractive redhead to do that. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that's Someday so... Someday you'll do it, Alex. Yeah. I'm trying, brother. <laughs> one thing that's so interesting about him, I think, is... So, he's also in the movie Yesterday, um, and his whole piece in there is that he's, like, the best songwriter alive. 
Like the whole thing is that the, this dude, like they have a, a songwriting challenge where they each have like five minutes to go write a song. Now this dude just steals songs from the Beatles who everybody has somehow forgotten. But like the whole thing is that like Ed Sheeran is one of the greatest like songwriters, like lyricists alive. And you add that in with just his like diverse musicality. It is an amazing combination. And not only that, he helps education when it comes to kids, you know, multiplication, addition, Divide. division. <laughs> the, the plus one and the X one and the divide one. Super yeah. good math guy. <laughs> At the end of his career, he's going to make an album that's just called PIMDAS. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um... But before we before we dive in and have serious fun time talk, I I think that one of my greatest accomplishments, see, my wife Melody is a very big Ed Sheeran fan. And we are well documented, huge John Mayer fans. Mm-hmm. Right? That's just part of who we are. I'm the biggest John Mayer fanboy alive. But Melody has been to Ed Sheeran at the Sprint Center. She has been to John Mayer at the Sprint Center twice now. And I got her to admit, she's sitting next to me, she will never say a word on this podcast. I'm going to put uh, Ed Sheeran featuring Melody, jo- Melody Sons um, on this podcast. <laughs> you almost saying Jonas there is really funny. Yeah, sh- uh, she uh, had her name as Melody Jonas at, for, to pick up at Old Navy, and I was so mad at her. But, um, <laughs> but I got her to admit that John Mayer was better live. And that is a special moment for me. That is that- big time. I mean, she's, she's not... Well, I, Ed Sheeran is very good live, but I also think that she's right. John Mayer is one of the best live performances. But that's a very big accomplishment. I'm really happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, but today we're going to... He has a ton of songs that we could really dive into. Oh, pun intended. Uh, hey, dive, that's one. Of his one. Best songs. That is good. But <laughs> we're going to go to where it all began. We're going to take it back to one of the few artists where their first big single is by far their best song. And maybe not, mm-hmm. I, I would say by far. Other people might disagree. Um, if you do, add us, Plainside underscore pod. But we're going to talk about the A-Team mm. and Mr. T. Can yeah, we tell are. Tell us a little bit about the A-Team. Well, the A-Team was a uh, television show in the... <laughs> <laughs> With uh, Mr. T and Dirk Benedict and two other guys who I do not remember. Chris Pratt fit perfectly on that. Chris Pratt would make a. (laughs) Chris Pratt's okay. Now you're gonna get me down the wrong rabbit hole. I think Chris Pratt is a little too funny for the A team because the original had some like goofs, but it was mostly like the Chris Pratt four military guys doing stuff. Mm. Okay, fine. You went so. Now, Cam, tell me about the A-Team, the song, please. <laughs> um, so the A-Team is, is like you said, it, it came out in 2011. Um, it is on Ed Sheeran's first album. Um, and this song is a little out there um, lyrically compared to some of the other stuff we've talked about. Because this song is um, about um, a girl named Angel who is homeless. Um, she is addicted to crack and she is also a prostitute. Um, but at the same time, it is one of the most um, positive and uplifting, like melodically sounding songs that Ed Sheeran has ever put out. And I think he even talked about in an interview, um, he did that on purpose because the content was so heavy. Uh, he, he heard the story um, a while back um, and wrote it actually after he met this girl named Angel. It is based on a real person. Um, and so her story was so sad when he met her um, that he wanted to put it behind something that was a little more positive. It reminds me of, um, was it pumped up kicks where it's like, it's this really like peppy song. You listen to it and you're like, yeah. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you listen to the lyrics and it's like about kids running away from bullets. And you're like, that's not the vibe that I got fun. (laughs) And that is very similar to, to what Ed Sheeran does with, with the A team. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, that's, that's the history of the A-Team. I think it's, and, and we have a lot of things that we can really break down when it comes to this. There's a lot of um, layers to peel on the uh, metaphorical onion of the A-Team. 
Uh, is it onion the thing to do that with? I think it's an onion. Yes, onions have layers. So do I ogres. I don't have much charisma, but I got a lot of goof right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you peel back the metaphorical layers of the onion, there's a lot to dive into. Um, I think what I really want to do, and Cam, you haven't had as much time to talk about this since it's kind of your thing. Um, this directly can tie into... Um, like you said, human trafficking and the church's role in that. Um, and I think you have a lot of good things to say. So for a little bit, I think me and Zach will shut up and we will let you talk for a moment. Well, I actually, I want to start by asking you all a question. I want to give you a quiz. Um, okay, quiz me. That oh is that maybe job? a little, yeah, this is a little more um, heavy hearted than what oh. we're going to come across at the Silly Zone. Um, Slammery with camera <laughs> <laughs> you nailed that. Um, anyway, I'm going to do my best to transition here. So do you guys know um, the, the three main like vulnerabilities? If we're talking about trafficking, the three main vulnerabilities that are most at risk to be trafficked? Like the three communities, I guess. Homeless. I was going to say impoverished communities. That is under the umbrella term of um, insufficiently housed. So okay. foster system also falls in See, that. I was wondering if homelessness and foster system were going to be in the same. That's so kind of in the same category. Housed is one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't. This makes me sad to guess things. <laughs> it does. It does. But it's it's relevant. Hmm. Um. Well, how would you describe people who have a certain? Um, people fighting addiction, would that be one? Because I feel like a lot of times they're put into bad places. That could be a caveat that leads to some of these things. Okay. Um, the, the second one is um, those who have been incarcerated um, oh. in and out of the justice system. Um, okay. And the third is those with a lack of sufficient documentation. Mm. Um, because these three communities are most likely to take under-the-table paying jobs. Um, and unfortunately, they are most likely to be um, not missed. They are not as plugged in to communities um, that care about them. And therefore, if they disappear off the streets, less people are going to ask questions. Yeah. Um, and so the way this connects back to the A-team is because um, a, there's a lot of correlation between homelessness, prostitution, and Trafficking. It's kind of a, a gradual transition that takes place. Um, a lot of trafficking victims end up being people who ran away from home. That falls under the insufficiently housed category. Um, and in this song, you know, they're talking about this girl who you know, it says been this way since 18. Um, so we can assume for a long time she's been kind of in this world. Um, but what I would attest is that... Um, the issue with these three communities is that they are deemed as outcasts. Mm. And so the longer we are trying to separate ourselves from these communities, the more risk we are putting them in. And so kind of what this turns into is um, human trafficking preying on these very specific vulnerabilities. And we see it with Angel, um, but I also think we see it kind of similarly in the Bible um, we see a similar situation with Rahab. Um, Rahab in the Old Testament, you know, we've got no reason to believe that, you know, she even knew who God was at this point. This was very early in the Old Testament. Um, and when these, these two spies show up at her door, um, she's a prostitute. Um, and they come in and, and she keeps them safe and asks that God keeps them safe whenever they take over Jericho. And when it comes down to it, he does. Um, and Rahab is later listed in the lineage of Jesus, which is significant because women were very rarely ever recognized in any type of um, lineage back then. But especially yeah. to put a prostitute in the lineage of the savior of the world is so significant. And that shows that God has a heart for women, but specifically prostitutes. And I think the longer we continue to deem them as outcasts, um, the essential thing about prostitution is that it is consensual. 
The second, prostitution is non-consensual. It is immediately trafficking. So what we see in major parts of the world and what we see even in America is people who are desperate to get money and provide for their families. Um, and so there's almost this faux sense of willingness um, that is actually desperation and is, in a sense, coercion, which is one of the three factors of trafficking. It's force, fraud, or coercion. And so I think we see people in prostitution and are quick to deem them as outcasts, which is probably what happened with Rahab back in the day, too. But in truth, there's a sense of desperation in there that I think a lot of people make decisions in the midst of desperation to feed their families and to provide for their loved ones that we shouldn't be casting judgment on them. And instead, we should treat them like Jesus did when he came across the woman who was caught in adultery. And instead, he took a step back and looked at the situation and, and loved her. And he said, go and sin no more. I'm not saying condone decisions that, that are, are, are poor for you. I'm not, I'm not going to condone that. But in the same light, um, we can still love them and accept them. And so my, my thing here is we live in a society where our goal is to be as far away from the poverty line and as far away from what we have deemed outcasts as possible. And there's this tier of risks. So the more that we deem ourselves low risk, which means we get a higher income and we live in better housing districts, the more we strive to prioritize that, the more we are putting the lower risk or we, the more we are putting the higher risk communities at an even higher and higher risk every time we do that. But if we actually extend a hand and love immigrants and we love people in the foster care system, which needs massive reformation, and the more we love the homeless and not call them demeaning terms and um, avoid eye contact with them, and the, the more we love people who have felonies, who have escaped incarceration, um, the more we are going to take away trafficking. It won't be on the table anymore because we're taking away vulnerabilities, and that's all it is. So I think well, that I, connects back. So it reminds me a lot, and you alluded to this story a little bit. Um, it reminds me a lot of how the church maybe, and I'll look at this from a, you'll look at this, you, you will look at this from someone who's very passionate about um, human trafficking work and activism, anti-human trafficking work. Activism. Thank um, you. <laughs> I, I think that's very obvious to all of us, but I guess maybe not to everyone here, so we will make sure and point yeah. that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I'll look at it from the scope of the church and what it, it thinks is you talked about the story of when the Pharisees wanted to test Jesus, right, and Jesus' teaching, and they decided to find this woman in adultery. They found this woman in adultery and they thought, wow, this is gonna be an awesome test. We're gonna really catch him red-handed. And they drag her to Jesus. And the famous line of whoever is about sinking cast the first stone, obviously that is him um, and he does not. But I think what is powerful to me is in this song, we are talking about someone who is probably just like them. Mm, yeah. Um, and a lot of times in the church, we are very easy to go to the other side of the street when we see someone that may be like that. Yeah. Um, or we are much more liable to turn away, um, to turn a blind eye. And I think one thing, I think what this song represents, the deepest depths of where you can go. It represents the end. It represents worst case scenarios. Um, and all I can think of when I hear it is where, where did the people around her fail along the way? Right. Who let her down? And um, so I think there's a, there's a lot the church can learn um, because, like I said, they were, they were clearly ready to stone this woman. Um, and Jesus did nothing. Nothing except save her life. Right. Tell her to sin no more, like you said. And so from that standpoint, where is it that instead of... In, there's a difference between us believing that we are not condemning. That's one thing. A lot of times we aren't even that, but I'll give us the benefit of the doubt as a church and say that we aren't condemning there. It's an even farther step to fight to save them, right. to fight for them. 
Right. Mm-hmm. And that's something I don't think the church has done enough. Yeah. Um, I think you have a lot of stickers and a lot of sermons preached, but I think there's a lot more hands-on work that the church can do in the community where we see a lot of situations where people completely lose themselves because they're in desperate times. And it eventually evolves into something no one could have ever imagined. And it's almost like the church believes they're too far gone because nobody wants to deal with the hurt that comes with helping someone that is hurt. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I think about this song, I can't help but think about this, about this girl and just who may have failed her along the way. And what would I have done if I was in a situation where I could have helped? And what are some people around me that maybe I could have done things a little differently when I think of the people that fit in that framework, you know? Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously that that's what this show is about, so we're talking about the church a lot. Um, but I think that divide between b- between impoverished communities and the help of people who could easily contribute to that situation is is as much a Far national problem yes. and as it is a church problem. Now, I think the church has a greater responsibility to step up to the plate because the church should know to. But right. it's hard to it's hard to kind of break into that mindset, I think, because we've been sort of hardwired I think it's in some ways uniquely American and in some ways not that we we've been trained that we need to amass as much personal wealth as possible and hoard it for ourselves which means that once you have the money once you have whatever that's when you become valuable and we start basing people's value on what they have and how comfortable of a position they're in and then yeah. when we see someone who is not in a comfortable position, we don't see them as valuable, and therefore we don't see them as worth our time and worth helping. So the more we allow that cycle to feed into itself, the more we get trapped in how much can we separate the two groups? How can I separate from people who are like that, and how can the most wealthy separate from people that are less than them? It, 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 and what it requires is for us to change our method of thinking about what is valuable because i think it's so common that we get caught up in i find i've found myself sort of examining this recently and and thinking about generosity and what it means to be generous um and i think i've realized in some ways that generosity sometimes gets confused by what you put your personal value in because i was talking with somebody the other day and realizing that if somebody asks how I've been generous, my immediate reaction is to talk about where I've put money and who I've given money to and who I've spent money on. Yeah. Because that's where I think we've been trained to put value of generosity on. And, and when I was having this conversation, they said, okay, but what about like wh- who you spend your time with and, and who you pour into in other ways relationally and, and, and who, who you care about on a personal level. And I'm, it took me a second of going, oh, yeah, I guess I didn't even think about the idea that generosity isn't based on what money I donated or who I bought lunch for. It can be, mm-hmm. it, 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 it doesn't, the value of a relationship isn't defined by can I give you money? Yeah. But I think we have a hard time breaking out of that sometimes because of the way that culture has, has defined generosity. But it needs that human connection to ever move us beyond who has money and who doesn't, who is important and who is not. That yeah. strict dichotomy can't be broken down until we start seeing every other human being as a human being. Yeah. I, well, the idea of generosity, I think it's so easy for us to get tied up because we like to, it's this hot button thing, especially when you talk about churches, right? is a lot of people believe that you are giving so that you can pay a church's salary when in re, when in re, I had this talk with some friends last night, when in reality, I mean, such a small portion of the giving of the church goes to the pastor's salaries. Pastors are so broke. <laughs> Almost all your pastors are so broke, um, the large majority of them. But uh, there's, there's the, the Bible speaks clearly about being generous financially, <clears throat> yes, like you said, but there's also so many more times um, 
the staple verse, John six, John three sixteen, is that for God so loved the world that He gave. Right? He loved the world that He gave. So the greatest version of generosity was when Jesus gave Himself for us, and there's nothing financial about that. Right. And so that that is the staple verse. That is the idea of the whole Bible: is that God loved us so much that He had this promise, and He gave up his son for us nothing financial there and so there's there's plenty of financial examples and it's important to be gener generous financially but when we give of ourselves then we're able to separate that gap because i can humble myself so i no longer see me as over here and people who struggle with these certain things in life as over there right the ones that are probably popping into your head when we think about the way we separate people as christians <laughs> um so right so when able when we are generous it changes the way we see people it changes the way we see ourselves and the way we see the way we're supposed to treat others um so generosity is a very important touching point when you talk about why it is that there's such a separation and the way that we hurt people who have fallen into a pit of who knows Right. And people are at their worst, how the church has done a lot to not do a lot. Well, and mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting. If you look at, and I think we're, we're quick to scoff at this, but if you look at scoff, great word. The, um, the, the Hindu caste system, um, it, it's, they have four primary castes throughout the religion. Um, the top one being the, and I won't go through all of them, but the, the Brahmins, which is the priests, the scholars, and the teachers. If it's a pyramid, this is the very top pyramid. But then the very bottom is the laborers and service providers. And then even below the four main castes is another one that is literally deemed outcasts. And this is historically speaking lepers and, and people who are ill. And it is literally translated to our word for outcasts. And I think we're quick to scoff at a caste system like that, but we've created one so similar and and the church and and in America, where priests are at the very top of this caste system, and I think if you look at Jesus's teachings, it's the opposite. I mean, he he literally says like, there's the the verses where he's talking about like, I don't have a place to lay my head half the time. That sounds like an outcast to me. And that's the guy who taught us exactly how we're supposed to be living. But, mm -hmm. but in our culture, oftentimes it's Christian elitists and, and that idea is so much of like an oxymoron. Like the idea of a Christian <laughs> elitist is wild because like, that's, that's not what we're called. And I'm not saying like, you shouldn't have money. That's obviously not what I'm saying, but I'm saying like, you should not be at this top of the pyramid and refusing to recognize the outcasts as people too. Yeah. Uh, Tim Keller has this really good quote in the first chapter of the book, the prodigal God, um, where he says that Jesus was the priest to end all priests, the temple to end all temples and the sacrifice to end all sacrifices. Yeah. Um, where the, the irony of what the church has become today is that when the church first happened, it looked so different than any other church because there was not a church. There was not a building. There were not pastors. Um, and now it has, obviously, because people become organized and things change, but I think we've molded into something, especially here in America, that might look a little different than maybe it was intended, if I could be a little harsh, but that's just kind of the truth. So, um, guys, do you have anything else to add? I think if I were to add one more thing, it's that I think we're very quick to make the assumption that people are in the situations they're in based on their own wrongdoings. Um, mm. When I think if we're talking generationally, that's quite honestly not the case. Um, I am in a, a good situation in my life and I can say, I don't know if I'd be here if I didn't have the support from my parents. And I look at some people who are in amazing situations who, who didn't have as much support of me and I'm blown away at how they did it. But I also look at people who don't have as much as me because they didn't have an opportunity to go to college. They didn't have an opportunity to do these things, and that's not their fault. And I think we're just so quick to assume that person is homeless because they sinned somewhere along the way, and that's what they deserve. 
and I, I think if there's anything that, that we should know from the Bible, it's that that's, that's far from the truth. Yeah. Very right. much so. Um, that was a good one. I think we did a good one there. <laughs> I mean, that let's, was good. let's try to drag our way back up the rope to the funny part now. <laughs> yeah. I know, that one got, that was, that was deep. So this podcast is going to go a little like this. It's going to go, we start off, we try and be funny. Then we get very serious, very fast. <laughs> we zig so hard. <laughs> we zig real, real far. Yeah, now we're going to try to zag back to funny. That's, yeah. that's what we are going to attempt to do. And it's fantasy football season, and I want to open the silly zone real quick before we dive in. I just want to take a little time. We're all in a couple fantasy football leagues. We're not going to go through our teams and all those things like that. We're not going to be a sports <laughs> podcast. But I do want to talk about the best part about fantasy football, and that is team names. Football team names, clearly. And so I, I want us to just spend a couple minutes to brainstorm a little bit, throw some names out there. I'm going to read some off a list with some suggestions. Beautiful. Um, we're just going to talk about it. Great first one, the Fresh Prince of Hilaire. Fresh Prince of Hilaire was oh, the exact list. one That's that I was really going to mention. a good one. Because <laughs> I also have him in our you league. Sure do. Yeah, Fresh Prince of Hilaire is is a very good one. Yeah, is a very very good one. I don't think you could beat it. Uh, what about <laughs> Dwayne Maskins? Dwayne, oh, because because of masks. Maskins because we wear masks. <laughs> okay, here's a good one for the church. Golden McCaffrey. <laughs> I have a I have a different Clyde Edwards Hilaire one for you. Please. What if it was living on her Hilaire? Living on hilarious. Because I, only, I came up with that because I was trying to come up with a Le'Veon Bell one, and all I could think was Le'Veon a prayer. Um, and then I thought I could put Hilaire in there instead. If you let's make a trade, you can have both of them. We'll figure it out so you can be Le'Veon Hilaire. Le'Veon Hilaire. <laughs> um, the Kamara virus. Kamara virus is good. <laughs> um, I saw one that was Drew Lockdown, and I think that's really funny. Oh, very funny. Drew Lockdown. Um, Josh Jacobs, Jingleheimer Schmidt. Josh Jacobs, Jingleheimer Schmidt. I tried to do that <laughs> last year, and I, there was not enough space inside the team, babe, <laughs> to do that. Um, oh, that's good. And maybe my favorite for J.K. Dobbins, a rookie. It's just, haha, J.K., lol. <laughs> <laughs> and that takes me back to good old middle school. <laughs> J.K., lol. <laughs> um, what about my cup runneth over, but it's K-U-P-P? Ah, yes. Oh! That's very good. Preach. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I also Mr. just like Judge Judy, but with with an E. Or, yeah, or like, okay, I was trying to come up with one that's Jerry Judy, but it's like, like Judge Judy, or you could do like a... Um, Jury duty, like there's something there, but oh, I haven't quite found Jerry it. Yet. Duty, interesting. It would just be his name, Jerry Judy. I know, yeah. and that's why it's not that <laughs> funny. But his name is a combination of those things, and so I think there's a way to to make it work. It um, is very funny. Also, my oh, my mainstay from last year that I may edit to this year. Last year, Baker Mayfield was one of my quarterbacks, and it was Baker. I hardly know her. And this year I have Kyler Murray, and it may be Kyler I hardly know for this season. <laughs> <laughs> Two years in a row I've gone with Return of the Mac from Marlon Return Mack. But I don't have him this year uh, because Alex likes year. to think that he came up with this great idea like, oh, Marlon Mack is great. What I've been saying this for three years, and you're finally on board with <laughs> it. You're like, well, I made this bold pick. Good. Anyways, here's the thing. Zach. Yo, what's up? You said you had some goofs for us. Yeah. I Okay, well, I'm gonna, this segment is going to take us into the game. But before we get there, I just want to uh, tell you our sponsor. This game couldn't be mean to me anymore. This oh, our Zach, sponsor you have our for this sponsor. Episode. Uh, sponsor for this episode is Gummy Bears. Gummy Bears. Oh, you chillin'. Gummy Bears. Go Bears. Nope. It's a long chew, Zach. Yep. Gummy Bears. You chew them. Oh, that's it? This week's, that's it. Gummy Bears. You chew them. Oh. I thought you were chewing one because you said you chew them and you pop one in your mouth. And I thought that you were going to say a thing afterwards. And so I was waiting patiently. 
Nope. Gummy bears. You chew them. You chew them. I like that. So thank you, gummy bears, for all your financial contributions to our podcast. By that, I mean my <laughs> snack right now. Yeah. <laughs> By that, you mean we pay for them. Yeah, I bought... Well, so I think somebody yeah. bought these for me. But so really, gummy bears should be thanking us for our financial contrib- contribution. for their generosity. That's right. Good work. Um, <laughs> thank you. I tried. Zach goofs. Okay, here's you. You, Cam. You mentioned um, Ed Sheeran's uh, appearance on Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and there I have a love-hate relationship with um, cameos in television and, and in movies. Because okay, cameo. That could be your new name. Cameo. We should get on cameo. <laughs> Do you think we we're big enough to be on cameo? You think so we could at $2? least charge maybe two dollars. Two dollars on cameo. <laughs> Someone would buy us because they would see we're the cheapest and think to themselves, "I can afford that." They must. They must be famous for something if they're on cameo. <laughs> so I'll go with it. Okay. Anyway, continue. Your love hate relationship the, with cameos. The problem that I have with that Game of Thrones episode is that, like you kind of said. You're watching it and you go, oh, weird. Ed Sheeran is in this Game of Thrones episode. That's wild, right? He doesn't belong there. Sometimes cameos, you go, oh, why is Helen Mirren in this Fast and the Furious movie? She doesn't belong here. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I think See, if so- you're going to do a cameo, you need to like sneak somebody in under the radar. But the Ed Sheeran cameo is not that. The other one that is not that is when Aaron Rodgers runs directly into the camera in the last season of Game of Thrones. Right. So Game (laughs) of Thrones, because there is hardly any room for cameos because of the absolute nature of that show. Mm -hmm. What you can do it well is when it's clearly very just awkward where in New Girl, they all go to Prince's house for a party. (laughs) That is a cameo that's well done because the whole point is for it to be awkward. The Ed Sheeran exactly. one was not supposed to be awkward, but oh, it was. Oh, it, it, yeah, it was deeply uncomfortable. And on that note, we got a game today that's a little bit about cameos. Alex, do you want to carry us into the game segment with the intro? The game is on Laffery with Zachary, the best podcast game show name in the history of podcast game show names, on uh, the best podcast game show in the history of podcast game shows with Laffery with... Zachary, your host, Zachary Kuya, take it away. Bars, uh, to decide who goes first this week. Um, what I've done is I, I spent the last week and a half mixing and mastering, uh, two different EDM songs where I, the only sample I used was each of your names. I've made a playlist. There's 10 (laughs) of each of them on the playlist. I'm going to hit the uh, shuffle button. You're about to mouth these EDMs. Wait, can I ask what big difference it would be if you just did one of each of ours? It felt more fun if I did 10 of each. There's only one right. song. I just put in ten copies of each of them. Right. Okay. <laughs> Beautiful. So I'm just going to hit shuffle and then skip. Uh, pick a number between one and five. Go. Three. I almost said seven. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to hit shuffle and go seven times because that's really funny. So shuffle. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Alex. Alex, hey. you're going to go first this week because it landed on your track. <laughs> this, oh, week, yes. this week we're playing Spot the Cameo. The game that is, song will be on Spotify this week. Oh, yeah. I just have to, I just have to um, make sure the licensing rights work out to say <laughs> Alex's name. <laughs> I approve. Deal. It's... <laughs> I own the name. (laughs) (laughs) So this week we're playing Spot the Cameo. The way this game works is I'm going to give you a multiple choice question about a cameo in TV or films, and you're going to have to tell me the right answer. person who scores the most out of each of your four questions wins. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, sir. Are we ready to play a game? Yes, sir. I hope so. Alex, question number one of Spot the Cameo. Which famous pop singer made an appearance before they were famous? On The Sopranos, was it Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, Christina Aguilera, or Ariana Grande? Mm, Katy Perry. I'm sorry, the correct answer was Lady Gaga. She was 15 what? years old when she made an appearance on The Sopranos. She had no lines. Wow, Damn. Lady Gaga? <laughs> Did she wear a meat suit, a meat dress? No, she just wore a sweater. <laughs> was it a meat sweater? No, it's just a, it was a sweater sweater. It was made out of shirt. 
meat sweater. That's disgusting. <laughs> That's the worst. Is it more disgusting than meat dress? <laughs> Can we gotta we gotta go forward, Cam. Wait, is a meat dress no, uh, sandwich it's a, or it's a, a salad? Whole food. It's a whole food. <laughs> meat meat dress is a whole food. Lady Gaga in a meat dress is a sandwich. <laughs> no, it's not a salad. <laughs> yeah, where's the bread? Anyway, can we go to the next Cam, question? Question number two: Which tech billionaire makes a brief cameo appearance in Iron Man Two? Is it Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg? Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos? Who's the first one? Bill Gates. Uh, Jeff Bezos. I'm sorry, the correct answer was Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Really? They, they shot all of the uh, building the drone stuff. This is not a great movie, so I don't necessarily expect you to remember it all. They shot all of the building the hammer drone stuff in a SpaceX warehouse, and that was how they got Elon Musk to agree to it, was that he got to be in a scene in the movie. Huh. Alex, your second question. So for our riveting score of zero to zero, Alex, which oh, certified king of the dads has a blink and you'll miss it cameo in Jurassic World? Is it Garth Brooks, Jimmy Buffett, George Strait, or Willie Nelson? Mm, Garth Brooks. I'm sorry, the correct answer was Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffet! In, in the scene when people are getting eaten by those crazy flying dinosaurs in Jurassic World... There, there's a Margaritaville in the like main concourse, and Jimmy Buffett runs out of it with a margarita in each hand. <laughs> I know that because my brother, my brother and me, has talked about their love for both Jurassic World and Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> well, this one is not about either of those things, so that's not going to help. Cam, your yeah. second question. Who campaigned to play Agent M in an iconic cameo in Men in Black 2? Was it Michael Jackson, Madonna, Mariah Carey, or Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan. I'm sorry, the correct answer was Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson Man. makes a cameo appearance in Men in Black 2 and says he could be Agent M. They so don't sad. know that he got the job, though. Well, I just wanted it to be Michael Jordan. I, I kind of thought if I snuck that in there, you would want it to be Michael Jordan. That is exactly <laughs> what I went with. That's sad. All okay, right. Alex, we're halfway through the game and nobody's gotten a single question right. This could be the time to turn oh, it around. Just you wait. What famous athlete appeared in the Paul Rudd Netflix series Living With Yourself? Was it oh, Derek I know this Jeter? One. This is, don't, don't even give me the choices. Don't even give me the choices. It's Who Tom is Brady. It? it is Tom Brady. That is correct, Alex Sons. A commanding answer to open the scoring here in the third round. Cam. Uh, let's get it. Cam, don't fall too far behind. He's up on a point. He's up I on you by a point. What early 2000s R&B singer made an appearance in Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man? Was it Mary J. Blige, Usher, Alicia Keys, or Macy Gray? Can you give me the options again? Was it Mary J. Blige, Usher, Alicia Keys, or Macy Gray? (laughs) Can you use it in a sentence? Um... The, well, the sentence is, what early 2000s R&B singer made an appearance in Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man? I'm gonna go Usher. I'm sorry, the correct answer was Macy Gray. <laughs> Macy Gray sings at the hypothetical, I think it's like a world unity parade. I don't remember. I just remember that the Green Goblin uh, turned oh, a bunch yeah, of people into skeletons in that scene. Yeah, so it, it, wasn't, that it wasn't Usher? Usher, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I can't respect the commitment to getting Alex to do that more times. <laughs> uh, the final round uh, is worth the same number of points, but this is, a, this is a round about who's not on shows. So Alex, your question... Which of these notable scientists did not appear on an episode of The Big Bang Theory? Was it Neil deGrasse Tyson, Bill Nye, Jane Goodall, or Stephen Hawking? Three of those people have appeared on The Big Bang Theory. One of them hasn't. Mm. Stephen Hawking. Alex, I'm sorry. The correct answer was Jane Goodall has never been on The Big Bang Theory. Stephen Hawking felt sexist to say. Did <laughs> well, so well say maybe it's sexist because the show's fault and not because of yours. Cam, you do have the chance to tie up the game on our way into the bonus question. Score is one to zero here on the final question of the regular game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm struggling. Cam, I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. Which of these celebrities did not appear on an episode of Friends? Was it George Clooney, Johnny Depp? Alec Baldwin or Robin Williams? 
Robin Williams. Cameron Jordan, that is incorrect. Robin Williams did, in Let's fact, go. appear on an episode of Friends, but Johnny Depp did not. So by a commanding score of one to zero, Alex, you have won this week's game. I throw my water bottle at the wall, but it is a glass jar, and I think that would end poorly. <laughs> it's a good call. You can't rage throw something like Alex usually does. Um, this is just a fun... Uh, this was going to be only rage question, when I lose. But now I'll just throw it out because I think it's be, it'll be fun to talk about. Uh, okay. My bonus question this week was, pitch the best cameo for this show, and whoever sounds better to me wins. <laughs> <laughs> the, All right. Okay, the best cameo yeah, is... Yeah, who should uh, make a surprise guest appearance on this show? Not as a guest, just as a cameo. <laughs> oh, okay. You took this... I thought you were going to give us the title Kawhi of a Leonard, show. He just laughs once. Good. Really good. We've also already made a Kawhi <laughs> Leonard on our show joke, so I feel like that's only average. <laughs> Well, Cameron, Joel Osteen. Osteen average is okay. Joel, did you say Joel Osteen? <laughs> yes. <laughs> How much do you think we'd have to pay Joel Osteen to come on this show? <laughs> Probably way too much. That's yeah, we like can't his whole thing. Joel Osteen. <laughs> Fair. Oh, that's really good. I want. I want to get somebody just like nonsensical on this show. Like, I want to get somebody. Danny Joel Osteen. I was going to say, like, Michael Phelps. I just want to get somebody super random. <laughs> <laughs> like, probably, I don't even know, I don't know that he'll contribute to the show at all. He, We're not going to talk about him, really. I just think it'd be funny to be like, I don't know, Michael Phelps is on the show this week, I guess. I think the obvious answer is the perfect person to be on the show for us is John Mayer. Well, clearly, that would be, like, a cool one. Although I, I don't know how much he would actually contribute to the content of the show, None. Except that it'd be cool that he was here. Yes. Oh, I'm sure he'd contribute a ton. <laughs> I don't know how he feels about Jesus. I'm not in his inner circle. He doesn't need to feel about Jesus to contribute to the majority of our show. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Can you? I can't even tell you how honored I would be if John Mayer played one of my games. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. John Mayer on Lavery with Zachary would be special. Imagine you getting to be on, um, gosh, what's, what's his show called? Current, current mood. mood. Current mood. You mm-hmm. being on current mood doing Laffrey with Zachary. <laughs> Man, that's a life. Um, that would be so fun. <laughs> I, I think that's a wrap. I think we did a good one. I think so, I think so we too. did a pretty good one. I think it's fun. Um, we're recording this early. We usually do it late in the, in the dungeon of the nighttime, in the depths of the nighttime. And today it's 620. So I'm going to go eat a food or two. Me too. And, Salad or sandwich? Um, it's a pinwheel, so sandwich. That's a sandwich. And... Um, <laughs> And then I'm going to go edit this podcast and we're going to put it up in time. In 12 hours. In 12 hours. So this was fun. Um, I'll see you all on the flip side. Thank you for listening to the Plain Sight Podcast. If you loved us, shoot us a message at plainsightpod at gmail.com or give us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you hated us, please shoot us a message at plainsightpod at gmail.com or give us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you hate us, email us. And if you love us, rate us <laughs> okay there you go that, you're right correct correct um this is the points like podcast thank you guys so much peace out girl scout wear your mask Ursha, baby <laughs>